there was a head injury and a lot of jokes about Rockhold getting KO'd in a grappling match, which tickled me delightfully, and means it's time for verbal tap. Getting really good at saying that because it's our seven-year podcast anniversary. That's right, seven years and the magic's still going. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how do we keep it alive after this long? We just see other podcasts is really what it is. <laughs> it's super simple. We've been uh, mm. non-exclusive. Uh, seven years, I sh- we didn't make a huge deal of this because, you know, outside of some Brad Pitt movies, what's what's seven? I don't understand. In my head, seven years is that nice little middle ground that you get to get away with not getting gifts. Because five and ten are super important. But then the next year, after five, you're supposed to get the gift that you were supposed to get at the five year. This is just what I know from being married. And <laughs> as a result of all of these things that I've learned, Was there a pamphlet? I... Does it come? Yes. Is there something that gets delivered? Because that is so I swear to God, there's a fucking website that tells you every fucking oh, anniversary. Great news. Sorry, go ahead. Um, let me see. What is it? Seven years of marriage gift. Let me see here. So just so you guys get an idea, I could podcast naughty. Is that helpful? (laughs) So, okay. Traditional copper and wool. Who the fuck wants that? Traditionally, the seventh anniversary gift is represented by copper and wool. Kev, do you have any wool gifts for me? I do not. Do you? Well, do you have any copper gifts for me? No, but what is is a copper gift? By the way, wool, I can understand. (laughs) It's like a scarf would be wool based. What's a copper gift? Kev, I knitted this for you, and it's super nice, and you deal with it. It's uh, 100% the one thing that I saw here that it's I'm a really uncomfortable blanket, but I made it, and here you go. <laughs> if you want, I could break you off a couple pennies and then just let you go your own way. Um, the one thing that I did see here that I'm not finding anymore is that they had two – it looked like it was supposed to be his and her dishes, but to me, they looked like – the soy dishes that you put your soy sauce when you go to a yep. sushi restaurant. And I was like, Oh, I'd take that. I don't, I don't know where that is. Plus but I don't want it. We could do his and his dishes. It's 2019. Correct. It's 2019 guys. Get used to it. So anyway, um, no, we're just in the middle of, we put up a post and we got some nice people who said some nice things. Um, highly unlikely. <laughs> Those well, were bots. For sure. 100% bots. We also got a couple people who were like, you're still on? It's like, yeah, fuck yes, you guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then oh, we yes, also verbal realized, tap. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, those chaps. Good for them. The other one that I did notice that made me laugh, though, was I was telling Kevin, I was like, I think we're the oldest like, we're the longest surviving show that still does a weekly podcast. Well put. Longest In, surviving is a well put. Verbal just, Tab Legal really liked that phrase. I think they should because I look around and, yeah, okay, you know who also has a ton of episodes right now? Grappling Central. Do you know how many episodes that they just replayed the same episode two or three times to rack up those numbers? A lot. So that doesn't count. And then what? Inside BJJ, they gave up. They sometimes podcast and they don't even know they did. Like I think it's just Matt leaves on his phone, and then it just sends it to iTunes, and they're like, "What was that?" It's like is their version of a butt dial. That's how they podcast now. That 
is actually in their description. I'm staring at it now inside BJJ. Just a butt <laughs> dial convo between bros. Yep. So anyway, we'll start by saying thank you guys. Just we, a Giuliani leak away from a podcast. No, no. Sorry. No, you're <laughs> We appreciate you guys for tuning in. It's very fun. We're not going anywhere, so don't worry. And I know you guys probably were a little unsteady when there was a week that we took off between the two of us because we just said maybe we should enjoy our lives or rest for a change. We had Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was great. Ew. Someone made a fucking seven out of pennies, and that's fucking gross. Copper. All right. Well... How how does one attain that knowledge outside of this website? Don't know, dude. Are they like, hey, don't forget about seven. It's copper and wool. And I think one year my wife was something. She's up. like, this is our paper anniversary, and I was like, mm, why? I'm, I'm gonna go talk to Kevin, dear. <laughs> we are talking a lot of grappling this evening, peppered yes. in with some MMA. You already got to hear the, and we'll probably up top it with Polaris 12. Then okay. we'll get to some Quintet 4. Okay. I do want to talk a little mixed martial arts news over Reams fighting this weekend, which is always one of those I'm like, oh, yes, Overeem. Oh, yes, mm. him. He's That's good. And it's a great time for oh, me to tell he that, still around? that funny Walmart story I have about Overeem. So everybody oh, oh. look forward to that. They're like, mm, tune it out already. Uh, not a dynamite card, but we'll get to not a dynamite card. Before all that, the BMF title belt, Raph. Mm. Price gone up or down from its original 850 mark. Your thoughts? Stayed the same. It is 100%. Still eight hundred and fifty dollars. Right. It's fifty inches long times eleven point five <laughs> inches wide at its widest point. So one would have to presume that's the big front half where it's the whole foot sizer and probably just a half on the back. Black sure. zippered carry case, ladies and gentlemen. Black zippered carried case and it still says in the description it's a one of a kind which is hilarious because it's a bmf replica belt does it say okay you it says does it say a one of a kind it's a one of a kind Ugh. it apostrophe s a one a kind it's a one yes, a kind. It says one a kind because when oh my i made God. the video it does say it's a one a kind i couldn't let it go. I couldn't put the video up when I was looking closely at it because I thought that was just your read of it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's funny. And then I looked closer at it and the copy editor in me. I read what's on the teleprompter, Raph. That's just my rule. I have a real anchor man like <laughs> fragility. <clears throat> but I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt and I saw it's a one kind. It, given this is our seventh year anniversary, I want to take a second to be reflective and celebrate us, especially on the seventh minute of this podcast. We've said, I don't remember how many episodes ago, the UFC mm. website sucks. It has always sucked. It's never been good. It's always been run by a single one of Dana White's less effervescent nephews. This is another line in a long line of, it's a terrible line. It's terrible copy. It's written shoddily, written unprofessionally. It's a one a kind <laughs> line, yeah. and it takes a BMF to own one. 
God damn. Takes a BMF of shitty with grammar. It's a one. <laughs> the fact that they still haven't fucking fixed it shows you how many they've sold and how many people have complained about it. First one of us to quit BJJ gets that tattooed on their back. It's a one kind. All right. Feels good to check back in, though. And just a reminder, you cannot get it on until one fifteen twenty for your BMF one a kind. Quintet was the team-based jiu-jitsu. Polaris 12 was where our friend Josh Palmer was doing some mad grappling announcing. He was at his most excited. Polaris Pro Grappling invades the United Kingdom to bring Polaris 12 from Wales on Saturday. This is from MMA Sucka, where they highlight Nikki Rodriguez beating UFC middleweight champion Luke Rockhold. Raph, I have some questions because you know Nikki Rodriguez pretty well. I know him okay, yeah. You've met him. You've at least seen his grappling. You know his team. I mean, I've said he's done steroids to his face four times, but that's no big deal. And you're alive, is my point. You two are basically besties. In some cultures, you're dating. Not in this one. No, no. Nikki Rodriguez does not really try to do any particular jujitsu in this match against Luke Rockhold. A lot of just wrestle, push, take back. That doesn't work. Wrestle, push, wrestle, push. Luke Rockhold even calls him out after the match. What are your takes on what we saw in the Polaris Pro 12 main event? So I don't know that you've seen this, but uh, Craig Jones put up a savagely funny video, and I don't know who officially made this video. But what they did was they superimposed conversation about hating how much people butt scoot in jiu-jitsu with footage of Nikki Rod pushing out of the ring Luke Rockhold multiple times off the mats. And they're like, yeah, I just hate when people like butt scoot. It's just like, get on with it. You're just trying to get like a leg lock entanglement and it's just so boring. First time you hear it, not bad. By about the 14th time you see a push off of the mats, you're starting to go, yeah, no, I see your point. That's fair. That's pretty funny. That the butt scooters look at something like that and they go, you call that interesting? How dare you? Well, and you're alluding to the Luke Rockhold comments that arrived, as they always do, from MMA fighters before the fight, sure. which was basically, you know, it's just not a game about heel hooks and break. It's mental game. They'll yield. This yes. is directly from, to your point, this is the 14th time. Luke Rockhold's not an innovator. He's just calling from the playbook. He was like, Oh, I'll mock his masculinity and hope he doesn't heel hook me and finish this fight. Because I personally, I'm with you. And number one, I don't ever remember. I actually want to take a second and just ask you a jujitsu question here, too. You and I have taken a number of beginner classes at academies. You could say not. You could across this country. We've we've grappled in New York, Hawaii, California, um, all across the Midwest, Plains. Raph has, I mean, visited 97 gyms in southern Los Angeles. About that, Have yeah. you ever seen a beginner class teach dropping to your ass to engage in conflict? No. Me neither. I've never once seen it, so I never know what the fuck they're talking about. And when Luke Rockle did, I was like, okay. 
Well, I was just, uh, I was at Jubera's about a month ago, and I was watching the beginner class as we were ending. It was just white belt training, drilling. You're all, any belt's welcome, but that's what it's specialized for. And they were teaching judo throws and wrestling takedowns. You know, yeah. just your classic ass-scooting material. <laughs> it's like, what do you, this is, no one does that. The only reason Craig does it is because he's a sports jujitsu player. Like, it's just such right. a funny thing to me. And do you think that played a role in why Nick did not uh, do anything interesting? Um, okay. There's so my hot people. take and a question, by the way. I phrased that very <laughs> inflammatory. It, it takes two to do something interesting. So, <clears throat> at the very least, Nick was trying to push the action. So I could respect that. Uh, Luke Rockhold... At several points, when I was doing the live watch-along, <clears throat> it kind of looked like Luke Rockhold was exhibiting douchebag posture. Now, it's weird because you may not know what it looks like specifically, but when I say douchebag posture while standing up, you probably get a pretty good idea. It's where your shoulders like go back as if they're relaxed. It's vaguely saying, I want to bang, bro, but pff, come on, bro, but bro. It was very confusing. And he kept putting his leg up, kind of like a prize horse does when they're trotting their way after doing a full race. And he kept trying to do that to bait him in. And I think in his post-interview, you had Nicky Rod being like, nah, bro, I'm not doing that. And to be fair, he might have been goading him in and saying like, oh, it's all steroids and leg locks is what it's all about these days. And so it's kind of weird. But it seems... Like it's a little specified, <clears throat> like a little on the nose that he would be saying that when he's got an opponent who looks the part, but apparently is not. And that's the whole beauty about Nicky Rod. Like when I joke and I say like, oh, man, I've said he's on steroids. I just asked him about it and he's just said like, no. And whether you choose to believe that is all on you. But like I do know the kid does work hard. And one of the things that is interesting about him is. He was trying. I have to give him that. And at one point, it looked like he had at least an attempt to getting the back, and he got a good takedown at the very end of the match. So, like, I, I have a lot of respect for what he was trying to do. It was, if anything, Luke Rockhold. And this is how you could tell this is the difference between the two, Kev. Maybe a minor observation, but Nicky Rod goes ADCC style, which we all predict. Luke Rockhold kept a dad shirt on the entire time that he tucked in to his uh, shorts, which begs the question, why? Like, just wear a rash guard, dude. Like, if you're going to do it, totally, it's no problem. As soon as the match was over, he took off his shirt, and it made me realize something here, Kev. Maybe he didn't want to do that because he didn't want to be shown up by the better physique by one Nicky Rodriguez. I post that to you. I really was disappointed in this shirt situation, though. I don't understand why you took it off at the end. How do I explain that? Douchebag posture? <laughs> that's, that's I, I guess. I just know that when he did it, I was kind of like, bro, like, it's fine if you don't. Like, it's no big deal. Everybody has a general preference. But, like, Nicky Rod was not going to come here unless he had it written into his contract. I'm not wearing a rash guard. Luke Rockhold, on the other hand, though, <laughs> <laughs> choosing at the very end of the, the match. To just be like, oh, this shirt, oh, fuck it, no. It just made me wonder. I was like, why, dude, you're a fighter. Like, you're used to this. Like, if anything, you probably just don't give a shit unless you do. You never wear a shirt. I, well, hold on. <clears throat> if he fights in the UFC again and wears a shirt, I say we we cut this out. of. I'm kidding. 
we retro yeah. and proactively apologize for it. Absolutely. Because I, I approve of his stand if he's going to do it multifaceted. But don't yep. bring us the Thanksgiving gut. Like the fans deserve a little <laughs> happening here. Well, the thing that made me laugh about it though, Kev, is that he just tucked the shirt in. Like it was geeky. <laughs> it was geeky. It would just look geeky. He looked he had that I, I'm just your uncle and I'm here because volleyball was busy. It's like great. <laughs> but doesn't it also prove your point, right? That this is a guy who's wearing a shirt and tucking it in. That's more indicative of that first day person that walks into an academy rather than somebody who has a long standing understanding of, oh yeah, I go to jujitsu gyms all the time and they just don't teach self-defense. Like he's somebody who's like, fuck, I don't want to fight anymore. Can I make <laughs> money off these grappling idiots? I don't, I don't really go. I'm just pretty good at it. Like whatever, dude, like I'll go, but like whatever, bro. Well, they were not the only fight. They were a boring fight. And soon, Nick Rodriguez, I mean, I'm excited to see where his game evolves to, but it's, I guess here is my only issue with the way he plays. He seems to avoid danger while simultaneously avoiding success. And I understand that he is obviously a successful grappler. I'm not, this isn't a Knicks on several things he's done. Sure. But as I'm watching him, I'm like, okay, uh, you seem like you have some semi sweeps and a good takedown. Like, all right, so do you train jujitsu? Like, what what are some of the? I really want this to be taken out of context. Can I? Okay, I just you know I yeah, good idea. I'll save this one. I just watched Shazam over the weekend. It's fucking long and boring. You have you seen it. the movie Shazam? Are you familiar with this premise? Shaq's work. God, I wish we were talking about that. Shazam is the DC Comics property in which Zachary Levi, you might have seen him, uh, is in a DC film where he's wearing a super suit. It's basically supposed to be him, supposed to be buff, but he didn't get buff. And it's supposed to be a larger-than-life character that almost mirrors Superman. But the premise of it is a child says the word Shazam. So I'm talking like a seven-year-old child says the word Shazam, and they like, poof, turn into this massively hulking beefy dude i I actually do think i've seen the trailer sure red costume i have a theory that nick rodriguez shazams before every match and in response to your note about you know getting a good takedown here and then maybe not knowing what to do with it i think he's like a seven-year-old kid who gets somebody's back and goes i don't know what to do here Ah!" that he like has a moment so it's like a minor freak out of like, shit, dude, I'm doing really well right now. Fuck, what am I supposed to do, dude? So could be that. that that's my best theory so far because here's the good news. I would say it's more akin to this. I think he's learning and I think he's got these really, really dangerous opponents that he could very easily lose to just on the amount of time he's been training. But his evasiveness when he needs to be is fucking lightning quick dude like when he misses a snapdown, and most people would jump on that he's already out of danger super quick um so i think it's a good recognition of position i think as he evolves it'll be interesting to see what he does because last thing i want is that dude on my back so you know he's got some danger to him uh i just think the more and more he trains with these beasts uh the more and more we're gonna see 
him doing some other shit. But for now, have, I'll just have like, to take your word for it because I didn't see it. Oh, <laughs> sick burn. Sick well, burn. Got him. Thank you. And, you know, this is what happens. Theory two, it's a Honey, I Blew Up the Kids moment. Popular sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. People do not talk about this movie yes. enough. Or with already existing, it's probably enough. Might have been that. Maybe he was tiny and his, his massive scientist dad or uncle. I don't know. Ash Williams defeats Richard Alacron via, it says arm bar. I take offense yeah. to that. That's not what yeah. happened. That's simply not what happened. Ash Williams defeats Richard Alcaron via arm break is what happened. Yeah. He broke his arm and they all stopped because without a tap or anything I could hear auditory, he just knew the match was over. I should say I did hear a pop. Yep. Brutal. Brutal. Is that what happens when <clears throat> arm bar defense doesn't go as tone and planned? Oh, sure. Um, Rich is, he's good people, man. I, I know the kid really well. I know Ash pretty well. So when I saw that match, I said, man, that's going to be a good match. It's it was. A good match. It's, it was a good match. It's going to be fun. Um, I interviewed Ash um, on Sunday. So if you guys haven't seen that, go check out that interview. And I asked him about it. I was like, first of all, why would you make me throw up in my mouth? That's rude on your part, Ash. And second... Were you thrown by that? And he's like, dude, I've never broken somebody's anything. So he's like, it felt weird. He's like, it's not really what I like to do. His body reacted. His whole yeah. body was like, oh, this fight's over. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, you can tell. The good news is apparently nothing is broken is what, what? Rich is saying. Yup. Oh, my God. To be young. And he just flexible. said that his ligaments were overstretched. Um, I famously have put out a video of me watching it real time and I could have picked other moments when I talked about it, but I wanted to show that exact reaction that I had, which is I definitely close my eyes as I start to see the replay of it, but they kept showing it and showing it. And I told Ash, I was like, man, it sucks on the one hand that it happened, but also for you, it's also kind of cool that it happened. So it's kind of a bind. He's like, dude, for real. He's like, don't get me wrong. He's like, I love the fact that I get a cool thing that's a replay value. He's like, but I really like Rich. And I guess you can find out more of the story behind it. But um, Polaris actually ended up when he was supposed to fight a Meow Brother. Um, that didn't happen. And they asked him for anybody who he'd like to face. And he said Rich. And Rich is all the way here in Southern California. And credit to the people at Polaris. They actually were able to bring him on. So find out more about that story and much, much more on Grappling Hour. Tommy Lang yeah. Yeah, brutal arm bar, though. Arm break. Uh, well, I guess not. <laughs> Sounds good. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but damn. I mean, I was well past tapping several notches before mm -hmm. anywhere he got to. Tommy Langaker defeats Gilbert Reinhold Burns via unanimous decision. This was a gi match. Tommy Langaker is very good in the gi. He's fun to watch in the game, but it seemed um, this was really an exciting match for about seven to eight minutes. Tapered off. Tommy Langer much better just in control. That's that's really all I have. Do you have anything to add on that? I mean, it was a great exhibition in the gi. Um, we're not seeing a ton of those, and I honestly didn't know. 
This was the perfect amount yeah. of ghee, too, by the way. So yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> so that's all I needed. There we go. I would say this. I was glad that he made his way, you know, into doing this in the gig. Because at first we had somebody asking me, they're like, who do you have in this match? And I thought it was no gi because I just thought everybody was no gi. And I was like, oh, I guess Gilbert might have the advantage on this one. And then once I saw them both in the gi, I was like, I changed my answer. Nope. Didn't know. Didn't know they were doing it in the gi. Very different scenario. I have Tommy. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, good match. I was very proud of him, and uh, hopefully, I get to do an interview with him very soon. So we're we're in talks. All right. Well, he and I just have like some small gripes about him not fighting Keenan more. I don't know if that's necessarily a thing mm, that they do, but fair. it would just be nice to see them <laughs> fight again, especially if we're gonna be having some of these game matches. Polaris. I'm going to go down the line. Michelle Nicolini does what Michelle Nicolini does and grabs so happy a snap her. out of toe-holding Vanessa English. But that was a great match. Vanessa English brought the noise, and that's that's a no small feat with Michelle Nicolini. But this was a really awesome match. Yeah. They got into one position. I It cracked me up to hear Josh and the announcer try to explain what position they were in. It's like, yeah, good luck, guys. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Uh, Devonta Johnson defeats Aria Espamaraz via unanimous decision, and PJ Bartz defeats Marcin Held via split decision. Um, and that was a good match as well. That yep. was a fun one. PJ versus Marcin was uh, aggressive, if you haven't seen it. I don't have anything else on this docket necessarily to call out. Um, it seemed like there were some, some pretty good submissions on the prelim card, but I did not see those. And I want to comma this to Gary Tonin beat Davi Ramos in a grappling match. Boo. I know, but that's like two of my uh, grappling crushes fighting each other early and late. It's pretty good. Um, it's to me, it's like one of Gary's biggest wins in an extremely long time in Mm -hmm. the grappling world. And normally I would just, you know, belittle him i guess i would like find something yeah. to pick apart here but when he beats davi fucking ramos who's a barrel of violence yeah uh, i'm impressed so that's all i got for those i want to transition to quintet four okay as we transition, I first want to hear, and I should mention Gary Tonin won via decision, so it wasn't like it was that impressive. So I do want to share right, right. it now that I've read a little Good. bit more about it. You know, win like a man. You you know, Patch Biatch. <laughs> I'm so tired of this. <laughs> wow, skimping by on his good looks and previous resume. It's like you're as good as what you did this week, and what you did this week was tie Davi Ramos, as far as I'm concerned. Feels so much better. I thought it was via a triangle. Hey Gary, have you won any MMA matches in the past three months? No, not that I've heard of. Mm. Hey Gary, Mm. what's in that little briefcase at one net? I don't know. I don't know because you couldn't James Bond yourself to do one small thing. Open the briefcase. Quintet four. You were talking about this because you're talking about a lot of things. Actually, that's what we were going to get to first. Hold on. You mm. just talked to Tackett, who got hit in the face, yes. as we famously talked about last week. Uh, what was his response? For all of that and more, you got to head over to Grappling Hour, but I just want, if you don't mind, 
giving me a little bit of the inside look. How do I tell you without giving away everything? He needs reconstructive a, surgery, and he's going to be on a Well, he said, and here's the thing that I was most like, whoa. I go, hey, man, you you got punched in the face. Like, what the fuck, dude? And he just goes, yeah. And I go, okay. Did it hurt? Oh, uh, no, it's okay. And then he explained, he goes, and I think he was making sure not to fully sell Tex out. He was like, I mean, he wasn't standing up, so... It's not like he could put his hips into it. He was just kind of seated down and it was just kind of like slug. And, you know, he's like, I've been hit before. And I'm like, oh, God, dude. I don't want to know how many times you've been hit before. I just, he just pawed at you, though, right? And he's like, yeah, man. Yeah, it was fine. So his ability to very nicely uh, say in so many words that it didn't register as bad was good. And, I mean, here's the thing. You know, we also talked about – we mixed perspectives because I told him what I saw on my end. And then I asked him if he – what he thought about my and Gordon responses to it because I realized, like I said, several days later, I was showing it to civilians. And when I did, I realized, oh, right. They have no context to this. So when I show them the click or the clip, I go, hey, you know, this is my voice on it. I didn't actually listen to it until I was showing them. And I was really curious to hear how I called it. And I definitely was saying like play-by-play stuff where I go, yeah, it looks like Texas is inching forward. Whoa! And I go, oh, shit, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that's it's about what I expected I would have sounded like. And they are like, dude, how did you stay calm in that moment? I go, well, for one thing, I was on a balcony, so Tex couldn't find me. And two, because I think the kid was okay. And I want to say this. I wanted to get his response because I wanted to make sure that he had an opportunity to tell his side of the story. I know he put it up, and I know that a lot of you guys have said things about it. But I thought it was important that the kid get an opportunity to speak about it. And in case you're wondering if we're just shitting on Tex, Tex was actually trying to get on the broadcast I was doing on the Let's Watch for Polaris 12. <laughs> he was watching me, and he was like, hey, man, um, I want to come on. And I was like, what do you mean? Well, we at least know he doesn't, doesn't listen to this podcast because he no, was like, I, I your ghost is a D-bag. I, 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 I heard he what he said. Okay. Hey, great news. I, I think he does. I think he's into our brand of nonsense. But he was asking if he could come on the um, the show that I was doing the other day. And, and punch me you watching. inappropriate. Oh, I know. But Ralph I could not handle what a Tekken could handle. Not even half. No offense. Well, when he was saying this to me, I was just kind of like, all right, Tex, like, well, he was watching it on Instagram and I had to explain to him, like, dude, I'm just Instagramming from my iPad. Everything else is literally off of this one stream. So if you want to come on, he's like pressing the button to try and jump on an Instagram live with me. And I'm like, no, you're not listening to me. Skype, call me and I will put you on the show. And he couldn't figure out how to do it. And it was really pissing me off. I was like, dude, we've interviewed before. And he's like, I changed my number. And then on the live broadcast, he proceeded to put his new number on the comment section. Oh, no. And I was like, text, don't do that. There, I was like, I'm private messaging you, dude. And Dan Hubler shows up just at this moment. Great. Looks around <laughs> That's and goes, a perfect hey, how come I can't? 
bet on any of these things for Polar. Oh, never mind. I'm going to go off air and call Tex. <laughs> so it was just kind of a. I'm sure if you just watch it happening on that show it's also on the grappling hour you know channel so you can see it at, at some point early in the first hour of the show there is definitely a version of me trying to tell tex call me on skype here's how to do it we couldn't get it done he apologized to me but yes i if tex had been on my show that sounds hilarious one i'm a big fan of people kev oh go ahead sorry you know a hundred percent he would be asked about it. That would have been your first so, question. You'd been like, well, I guess second, you were like, how are you? It's great to have you on. And second, you punched a tacket. Would you like to comment? You that punched a been, child. Let's talk about that. Your, your thoughts. Uh, so a, it was kind of rare though, Kev, that somebody was going that far out of their way to try and get on my show who, I don't know if he's just moved past it or doesn't care about it or figured I might not ask him about it. But you have to figure just the way I interview people, that's going to come up. Yeah, it's going to come up. We have a lot of questions. And, I mean, yeah. it's good to hear that Taggett's just like, what? Did he punch me? <laughs> Felt yeah, like a I mean, lick. Uh, Taggett is pretty great. So, anyway, yeah, in answer to your question, trying to I get think he you. took it pretty well. <laughs> oh. oh, and before we talk about quintet, Tackett is apparently participating in some international quintet that I didn't know about. That he's like, yeah, he's like, dude, I'm going to the Ukraine and we're doing kind of like a mighty duck situation. Weird... And that's what I tried telling him, and then I remembered he's a child. There's would... no way he even knows that reference. Mm-hmm. I even said to him, I said, you have a mighty ducks two sort of situation here. And he just blank faced me and was like, uh huh. I was like, he doesn't know. God damn it. Old. Fuck. You well, can also see that at Grappling Hour. You should well. see Mighty Ducks too. I'm just. I feel like there are certain movies that we should force children to know. I and thought we have... were. I thought everyone. This is a little Emilio Estevez's fault, I think. But. Great. Well, I blame parents is really what this comes down to. And now there's a fucking Disney Plus. So you better tell me that there's no, you know, there's not an excuse that you have to get around doing this, people. Check out our next podcast, Movies You Should Force Your Children to Watch. (laughs) Where two people who do not have children tell you about why you should parent this way, entertainment wise. Uh, In the time that we've also been, because we're going to get to quintet in a second but i just kind of want to pepper in a couple of these things in the time that we are gone apparently dana white and floyd mayweather uh trolled us or are working together or zufa boxing or floyd mayweather says that he's coming out of retirement who knows well tito ortiz says he's still ready to fight john jones god damn it if he could just get someone to return his calls he would really like to take that fight i don't know why we let him talk uh I don't know how. Well, well you, let's take a little MMA detour before we get to Quintet 4, um, because there are some things to cover schedule-wise. Okay. Overeem is fighting Rosenstreich, and that's in D.C., back at the Capital mm-hmm. One Arena. It's formerly Verizon Wireless, as I know it, but it changes every few years. We have Usman versus Covington coming up here December 14th. They can't help themselves. They're also so they're doing a seventh, a fourteenth, a twenty-first, a twenty-ninth, a thirty-first, and a thirty-first. Again, to brag mm-hmm. about us on year seven. 
once upon a time, you and I just reviewed the schedule for one year and we were like here comes up and that was probably the amount of events there was what i just read through december there was a good amount of events but nothing like this so they you know what has me just tickled pink though raf on espn mm. now they are listing bellator events i know scheduled events now includes bellator it does not list national tv which is just a little bit sad but last fight I want to call out, we finally have found out what is going to become of that young, fiery, upstart criminal, Conor McGregor. He will be fighting Donald the Cowboy Cerrone. I, for one, am elated that Cowboy Cerrone is going to make a lot of money beating up yes. an Irish person. So you think he's going to beat him? I don't know. But he's going to make a lot of money. That's where I'm like, well, good for him. Kev, I'm trying to make you some money. Am I invited? I don't know if you've taken a look. No, you're not invited. I'll but I'm trying to tell you to look at the odds, the betting odds right now, or at least where they were on November 29th when we were doing one. Conor McGregor opens as nearly a 3-1 to one favorite over Cowboy Cerrone. I'm just uh, headed over to my bookie AG, not a sponsor, <laughs> just <laughs> who I've been using lately. Um, thank you, Raph, for that You're small welcome. tidbit. I just got to get this before we air it because I do know we will sway the line. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know that all the major bookies listen to us to get their last minute. Like the amount of times they've switched on a dime over under or over under Kevin moments. Uh, is there it's insulting that we don't get some sort of credit i'm just headed over to mma bets and i'm there Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we should maybe couple these two things together um the first of which is the fact that you have pearl gonzalez who broke an opponent's arm in a combat jiu-jitsu match which was nasty then you also had oh i don't know red getting his arm broken in the match with one uh, good Ash Williams. Having said that, if you haven't taken a look at, uh, there was a weekend though, there was the quintet event and Satoru Yamada went on a run. And you know, what's funny Kev is he basically did a WWE BJJ video that John and I filmed about two or three years ago. Yeah, that's basically what he did. But he added a little bit of twist where he was doing it in reality and submitting people. First of all, rude. Everything that he does in reality. <laughs> that, was a, that was a shot. I don't mind. That was rude. It's fine. It's fine. You, you know what? You tell John that you can't see him doing that to you and watch and find him doing it. Because it starts with a kiss of a dragon and that's a move he can actually pull off pretty well. But yes, so amongst the amount of great things that you could see, by the way, shout out to Gio Martinez, who did a great job on the commentary for he was good. Uh, that quintet. He handled this well, too. Mm-hmm. I was very, very happy to see him do well because, um, you know, it, it's a tough gig and it, it can go many different ways. And I felt like he, he seemed very comfortable on the call. And there were a lot of fighters that we frankly didn't know on this one. So there are people that you might be familiar with, but I don't think you know them as 
brand name. So it's very interesting. And I think part of the reason that they do these, um, you know, even though they're terrible times for us here in the States is that they try to keep momentum going so that they can get to the next one. Well, the next one's in Vegas and I've been contemplating going cause it's December 12th. And if it works for my schedule, I might try to apply and go out that way. Um, it's in 10 days because I really did love it. Yeah. It's in 10 days. It's next Thursday. All right. Yep. Fuck yeah. So we'll, we'll see if the schedule opens up, but I would be interested because they're going to have uh, four different old school teams going up against each other. And I'm intrigued to see how that one comes off because the big problem has always been what current jujitsu prodigy do you get to come in on your quintet team? That's not really a team to make it happen in this style. And this will be an interesting format to see how they do it. So, well, two things. One, I found these matches, including his run and Gio's commentary, super exciting. Two, bet place, Raph. So we're all set. <laughs> Everything's so good. Oh, good, good. The... I was very. I was wondering how long I was going to have to stall for on the Cerrone front. Well, while you're at it, you should probably see what odds they're going to give you for the fifth time they try to make Khabib versus Ferguson happen. Which we said it's a fish, and somebody goes offish, and I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna say no <laughs> because I don't know if that's gonna come back to haunt us. So I'm just gonna let it be. <laughs> There's multiple moments where I find myself thinking, should I be betting on John Jones? And mm -hmm. if that's the case, I'll put it to you and this community. Okay. Any other Polaris 12 notes outside? I'm ugh, Quintet 4. I'm still on a, as one coworker called it, a tryptophan coma. Wow. Well, so eloquently put. Um, no, Quintet was a lot of fun. I would encourage you just to watch it. And as I told Kevin, he was like, should I watch it? I go, just kind of have it on in the background. You don't need to watch that one too intently. Just just kind of have it on when you're doing some dishes and stuff. Because the hard part for me was... I watched it while I the was... Chiefs thumped the Raiders. It felt delicious. Oh, mm, especially delicious with the Raiders, I'm sure. Um, there is that. Okay, so let's kind of round third on this one. Tito Ortiz, and I know we briefly mentioned this. Him thinking that he can currently beat John Jones, though, Kev, is one headline. The other headline is that Tito Ortiz is apparently in talks with Logan Paul about transitioning him to MMA. Hey, if you are curious what Tito's bored with, the answer is his current life. <laughs> and evidence <laughs> A through Z would be what he's doing. So he's, okay, getting Logan Paul to transition away from YouTuber and boxer? Mm -hmm. Every time someone's like, this is who CM Punk should fight, it's like, you are wrong. Mm -hmm. This is who Usman should fight next. Like, let's uh, let's let the style bender do some work here. <laughs> What's Frankie Edgar doing? Like, don't everybody don't rush to put them up against someone who's also <laughs> new. Let's think about who we could put them up against to really beat the shit out of them for fun. That's that's what this is all about. Tito well, wouldn't be my mm -hmm. first choice if I were Logan Paul. By the way, don't forget Tito is fighting this week. Uh, who, where the he's fighting is on he back combat? Under, is there a divorce thing that I've, <laughs> I didn't see? 
him and Jenna Jameson going for round 24. Yes. No, this is the fight between him and WWE superstar Alberto Del Rio, a.k.a. Alberto Del Patron. Like, this is the match where they're both bringing their former belts and winner gets both belts from a different organization. Okay. One's a fighting one, one's a pro bringing? Uh, I think Tito's bringing one of his old, like, UFC belts, and I think Alberto Del Rio is bringing his WWE championship. We finally have a market for the BMF replica belt. We finally (laughs) figured it out. One of these guys needs to get online, get an 850, or change the nameplate, and say lovey. Why? Why are they doing this? What kind of fight (laughs) is it? Uh, It's Who knows? It's a thing. And as Tito has said in the past, they're fighting for the future of America. So I'm very disappointed that you didn't hear enough. Yeah, because it's USA versus Mexico. I actually thought I saw someone talking about Tito Ortiz on the impeachment inquiries, and I was like, what? I don't understand. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think that was one of the last things to hit um, the rest of the world. I mean, everything else is pretty much as normal. So uh, there are fights this weekend, and then... <laughs> yep. Get excited about that. Over okay. you're gonna have it's to, time make to a tell about that Walmart people. story. Hold on. Hold on, yes, Ref. Shut up. <laughs> Everyone shut up. Verbal technical shut up. So I saw Overeem what I thought was a guy who looked a lot like Alistair Overeem at a Walmart in the Highlands in Denver. I was like, man, I'm pretty sure that's Alistair Overeem. But he looked like he was checking it out just with some family or friends. I didn't want to Go up and be the guy that's like, hey, Overeem, let's get a fight where it looks like we're punching each other. I, You know, he's living his life. So I was just like, but I have to know if it's him or if I just am imposing it on this behemoth human. So I was like, you know what? I know what people call him in the industry. They call him Reem. That's what they call him. So I was like, I'm just going to yell it <laughs> in, into my hand. <laughs> as I'm walking out in a crowd of people and see if he turns his head. So I was like, Reem! Just like gave it a little scream. He turned his head. It was him. He was rocking that denim jacket. It was like four degrees out. That was over Reem. That's my Walmart story about the Alistair over Reem. Happy holidays, everybody. I don't remember if it Oddly, was Probably the best Walmart story Reem does have, by the way, though. <laughs> the other ones involve paternity suits and submissions mm-hmm. with a shotgun. He doesn't want to talk about it. They're probably like, Reem, you dropped your steroids. Just kidding. Bye. Bye. Here's your BMF replica belt. Won't be available for a month. <laughs> but here's your receipt. <laughs> it was so great. I forgot until we mentioned it that I looked back at the copy that I sent you that it's still not available until the still 20th. Still not available. They're like, we can't year. get this thing ready by the holidays. It's too one of a kind. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight here on year seven, minute 47 of a podcast I'm quite sure was hilarious. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night. And good fight.
number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is... 